Good day, everyone. My name is Angel Dialwis. This podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Access. Full details of our business management courses can be found in ultimateaccess.net. Good day to you all. It's great to have Ralph Curry with us. And welcome, Ralph. Uh, I'm delighted to have you here today with us and talking about a very important topic, which is evolution to the role of CFOs. I guess um, in today's world, we've got this CFO playing a larger role and a diverse role. I want you to talk us through this, Ralph. Andrew, thank you uh, for the introduction. And again, for those people that uh, don't know me, I'm, I'm Ralph Curry. I'm the CFO at Omnicom Media Group and TBWA RAD. Uh, I have been an international CFO for more than 20 years. I, I uh, chair CPA Australia here in the Middle East um, and have been involved in, in joint ventures across many markets in Asia and now, now in the Middle East. So, uh, Thank you for the opportunity to talk about one of my favorite topics, which uh, often gets a very uh, positive reaction, is, is when I share the story of uh, the evolution the evolution to the role of CFO. And, and again, this is um, not something that you'd read in a book or you'd find online. This is really capturing the elements that I have found important in, in evolving a finance professional into a CFO through, you know, my real life experiences over the last 20 years. And I kind of have held CFO positions for that, for that long uh, in different uh, markets and, and, and companies. So uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's a great opportunity to talk about it. And uh, the most important part of it, and I think the first principle that we, we always look at when I, when I talk to CFOs is understanding how they began their career, and it's really through the accounting knowledge and fundamentals of that accounting knowledge, uh, Andrew. Um, and, and really, I always uh, think about the accounting education that I have and how I continue to use it uh, as a CFO. It doesn't go away. Uh, understanding debits and credits remain extremely important. Uh, in uh, in my uh, in my role today as as a CFO, it's important in the sense that when we look at business transactions, in the back of your mind, you are ticking over uh, how this is impacting the financial statements of the company. How is it impacting my balance sheet? What's it doing to my revenue? What's it doing to my to my PL? Uh, so you're kind of doing the debits and credits and T accounts in the back of your mind. Uh, so, and again, this is important because at the end of the day, as the CFO, you are paid to take these considerations. CEOs don't do that, that's not their job. Uh, so, you know, if this doesn't lie in your repertoire as the CFO, then there may be someone else in your team that encompasses this uh, responsibility. But ultimately, it rolls up to you as as the CFO. So so don't discount it. Don't put it aside. Keep keep a close eye on on what's going on in terms of the accounting transactions uh, behind those rather large complex transactions that you're undertaking. <laughs> 
You mentioned, Ralph, that you traveled quite a bit and you started your travels uh, some time ago. I want to find out how important was CPA Australia as a partner, and because you're a qualified CPA Australia member, how important was CPO Australia as a travel partner to you? Yeah, look, Andrew, uh, I've been a member of CPA Australia from uh, the time I was, I, I think I first qualified um, uh, with a Bachelor of Economics uh, at Macquarie University in, in, in Sydney. I, I quickly commenced my CPA as an associate member. Uh, I'm now a fellow of CPA Australia. Uh, and, and to be honest, we've been lucky that CPA Australia has, has always been available to its members, uh, whether I was in Asia, uh, Malaysia, they're very active, Indonesia also, uh, Europe, uh, there's a big membership there. And, and more recently, over the last uh, six or seven years, uh, and even beyond that, in, in, uh, in the UAE, where we have 400-odd members, I think, again, the members here, um, have had the benefit of, of uh, professional development, uh, face-to-face sessions uh, covering very important topics or very, very uh, uh, up-to-date topics, no matter what they are. We had, you know, introductions of VAT in this region over the past couple of years. We spoke a lot about that. We've had speakers come in about, you know, um, um, uh, business modeling. We've had pe- people come and talk about strategic uh, thinking, uh, we've had updates from uh, audit firms on, on account standards, um, a wide range of topics from technical topics to uh, soft skills. Uh, and we try and get a good mix of those uh, throughout the year. We kind of have around six, six events a year. Again, I'm talking pre-COVID. We've try- kind of converted the events since COVID to online sessions. Online um has had to be the the standard since since uh since covid broke out but hopefully as things settle down we will go back to face-to-face sessions uh we also started to um have awards nights with um accreditations to to new members uh for the first time uh, just before covid broke out last year and uh we've been lucky enough to have uh, the chairman of cpa and the ceo of CPA visit us uh, here in the UAE and talk openly to members uh, about the changes CPA Australia have made to its directives, its initiatives, to its governance standards and, and, and many other interesting topics. How important is governance and corporate responsibility when it comes to a skill set, Ralph? Uh, in my mind, it's it's uh, very important. Um, and again, wh- why is that? And it's really because I go back to the old-fashioned responsibility of of a CFO, and that is is really to be the uh, protector of the company, to, protect, to the protector of what's right in a company, to have that stewardship responsibility or own that fiduciary duty. All of those duties and responsibilities, I mean, you read about them when you, when you do your uh, uh, CPA, there's a whole topic on ethics and governance. Uh, but really, that is, these translate to very, very important 
responsibilities within an organization and they are entrusted in the in the, in the CFO and if you think about it Australia um, uh, has had a very long long lasting um, long-standing um, um, system around corporate governance we, we take it very seriously uh, the, you know the corporation Act has evolved um, over the years and, and really put uh, uh, shed a light on this on this topic. Um, again, if you think about the Sarbanes-Oxley uh, Act and, and the responsibilities around that and what finance people have to do or finance leaders have to do in order uh, to be compliant with that, there's a lot, there's a lot to cover there. But I think um, the importance of, of ethics and, and governance is for the finance leader uh, to be able to, to, to call things out, to say no when they have to say no, um, to go on record when you have to go on record, um, you know, to, to prevent, uh, you know, things from going off, uh, off the rails. And again, if you are spending time in developing markets, some of these um, standards are not well defined. Some of them are still uh, being developed. Um, and again, the, the CFO's role is something which remains critical to upholding international standards uh, and, and to delivering the highest levels of ethics and governance uh, for that organization. Just a reminder to anyone listening to us that ethics and governance subject that's uh, part of the CFA program can be taken by anyone. So whether you're an accountant, a non-accountant, or even if you're a non-CPA member, you can take that uh, subject. I think that's a, that's a really great uh, addition to your studies. And uh, it is important in this day and age. And you might think ethics and governance may just focus around the accounting areas, but it is certainly, um, certainly we can look at applying it in the digital aspects as well, very much so in the digital space. Ralph, I want to ask another question from you, and that is communicating with the non-finance leaders. How important is it for our CFOs to know, get to know this skill set, and how do we build that skill set? Yeah, look, again, if you, if you think about it, I spoke earlier about the importance of, of accounting fundamentals and T-accounts and debits and credits, but this is not the language to be used with non-finance leadership. When it comes to non-finance leadership, the conversation has to pivot, has to pivot to a business language. And now when I talk about business language, you're talking about different concepts, which again, rep are represented in financial statements, uh, the P&L and balance sheet. But when you think about, you know, uh, the, the metrics that we're talking about here, the metrics change, the metrics change to concepts like market share. So rather than have a conversation about, about revenue growth, you talk about what's your market share growth, what's your top line growth, um, how is profitability being assessed. So you, you, you remove this concept of, of uh, debits and credits from the conversation 
with those financial leaders and talk their language. Their language is a business language. So adopt business language, okay, in in questioning uh, the health or the financial health of a business rather than um, what's my um, profit margin looking like. Again, it'll end, you end up answering the key question that you're trying to, to, to answer, which is a financial one, but the leading question uh, should be a business question, a business metric question. And that's my advice to, to all those uh, finance professionals who, who look to aspire uh, and have those conversations with non-finance uh, non leadership. The accounting fundamentals have not changed from the beginning, I guess. However, lots of other things have changed in the past 15 years or so. Ralph, what do you think of some of the trends and fads in the finance space currently? And where do you think that it will take us to? When you think about it, um, there's a lot happening um, when it comes to trends and fads. And again, a lot of them will apply to your business, uh, but many will not apply for different reasons. The important thing as a finance leader, as a CFO, is to have a viewpoint about it. So I often see things happen in the market marketplace and then you think, can I apply this to the business? Um, that way, when you do have that accidental conversation uh, in the office, or it could even be um, something more formal, uh, you need to have a point of view with respect to, to that fad. I mean, we've seen again, um, you know, the introduction of VAT a couple of years ago in, in um, in the GCC um, as a new tax legislation. And that changed a lot of things. And again, um, as a CFO, you were looked to to give advice around that. And you had to make sure that the systems were in compliant, were, were compliant with what was needed to produce, you know, certain reports that are required for the tax office. Uh, teams needed to be trained. Um, and again, uh, a lot of uh, um, contracts needed to be renegotiated both with clients and suppliers to capture uh, that change. So that's a typical example of a, of a change in legislation uh, that impacts your, your business. Beyond that, we've seen over the years, you know, the introduction of EDI uh, and how that can automate and enhance the communication with suppliers and with clients. Uh, blockchain was a, was, a, was a huge fad for a couple of years, uh, but the application has not been very widespread uh, for the moment. And, and, you know, there's been many of these sorts of changes over the years. Some of them, you know, the, the most recent ones, if you think about it, uh, the tools that we, we have been uh, given in order to, to engage from home effectively uh, with, with, with COVID breaking out, uh, the fact that we're able now to undertake presentations virtually with uh, hundreds and hundreds of people on a, on a, on a video call, uh, have, have a Q&A, uh, present uh, PowerPoint uh, slides. All of these new technologies have uh, have become extremely important. Recently, cybersecurity started to become extremely important. Again, many clients are insisting on certain standards that we needed to play by uh, in order to to comply with their, uh, uh, their their high standards. So, the game is being lifted across 
a number of of of, uh, of areas it security privacy gdpr again it's 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 relevant in this region if you're dealing with european clients uh, that are, or uh, clients who have european clients uh, it's not you're certainly not exempted from that having been in our region so there are many new initiatives new trends uh, technology or otherwise where you need to have an opinion, you need to have a voice, you need to make sure the company is ready, uh, and you need you need to be able to advise advise accordingly on that. Thank you, Ralph. It has been a fascinating discussion. Uh, it certainly showed the first point being know your fundamentals and the importance of a professional body as well. Then you went on to talk about communication. It's so important because we talk to the non-finance senior leadership team, isn't it? So we need to have a way of interpreting the numbers in the business language, as you said, and then talking about the trends, fads, and focusing on technology, which is so very important to any organization uh, that we deal with. And more importantly, the cybersecurity, everybody is uh, needs to be vigilant. You need to understand uh, what is cybersecurity, the importance of it, the investment that you have made and going to make in the future as well. Thank you very much. Great to have you and look forward to having you once again. Bye-bye. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. I hope you found this session useful. This podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Access and I'm your host, Andrew Dialvis. Thank you.